0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. October 30, 2019. It is the last possible day of Major League Baseball. We got game seven tonight. Can't wait. Nats. Astros. Who do you have? I don't know. But first... Why don't you spice up that morning on Pine Tar for Breakfast as Joe Girardi joins me right here next.
1: In the air to left field, going back on
0: it. It is gone. Kevin Franzen sends everybody home. Ball oh, cutting Coming, coming down. down. What up? And welcome back to Pine Tar for Breakfast. I'm your host Kevin Franzen. and. Joining me in just a second is going to be Joe Girardi. Actually, he joined me already. Um, I just haven't hit record. And so, therefore, the first question of me introducing him and also asking about our same passion of college game day, college football was asked. But I thought more importantly, we started right where do you look at college coaches in a different fashion? And his response.
1: Oh, I, I definitely do because I I look at how hard the players play for the coach and the relationship that the coach has with the players. And I've always thought Pat could coach at any level. And I'm so glad that um, he feels such a a bond at Northwestern, being a player there, being an All-American player there, being someone who had a chance to play in the Rose Bowl. His loyalty to our university is unparalleled. And I'm just... Like, if I had a son who wanted to play college football, I would want him to play for Pat. That's how highly I think of Pat.
0: Well, yeah, then you look at the facilities on top of the bluff over there at Northwestern, you're like, yeah, I could, I could see him going there and doing that. But yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The new facility on the lake is absolutely beautiful. Um, Jim Phillips, um, the job that he's done there and, and giving these kids, you know, one of the greatest facilities in college
0: football is amazing. All right. So let's get right down to it. You know, being the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, um, you've had the highest of highs. If you, t- if you think about managing the New York Yankees, the New York media, um, the, the the spotlight just directly on, you know, the, the Navy blue pinstripes. Now you're in Philadelphia. I'm not going to say it's that far, uh, much of a difference in anything. Uh, your first initial reaction, just Just putting on that that, that uniform the other day, and it's not about just being the the Philadelphia Phillies manager, but just putting on the uniform yet again.
1: Uh, It felt special. You realize how precious that these jobs are and these opportunities are. And when its uniform is taken off, whether you're a player or a a manager, um, you you feel a real loss. And to be able to put it on in the relationships that I've had with Philadelphia over the years, uh, it, it feels really good, and I can't wait for spring training to start, and I really can't wait for the season to start. I mean, that's what I always look forward to in being in a town that is so passionate about baseball and that supports this club uh, so well.
0: I can't wait. Well, and you have the familiar face right next to you, and Rob Thompson, and and yeah. Well, now the Canadian Hall of Famer Rob Thompson. I mean, since yes. you know, since you guys have been apart for just a little bit. He's now a Hall of Famer. I mean, kid, how nice is that to have his, you know, just him right next to you and knowing that, you know, someone that's so familiar and a friend and all that stuff right next to you in that dugout? Well, it's really,
1: really comforting. And we were together for 10 years, and actually I knew him when I was a player, and he was running spring training for the, for the Yankees there. So I, I've known him for a long time. I think he is the most prepared coach that I've ever been around. He has such a great relationship with players and knows how to get the most out of them. So it it is a real comfort zone and thrill for me to be back. I call him Thumper. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. A lot of people call him Tomper. I call him Thumper. He goes by Five Niner. Um, my kids used to call him Five Niner. So uh, I I can't wait to get back to work with him.
0: I think I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep on going with that one because I like that. I mean, he's yeah, Thumper. he is special. Yeah, I like yeah. It. Hey, um, he is a special person and a special coach. With your with your two years away from the game, and it's not like – and I say away as far as being, you know, managing and in the dugout and all that stuff, what did you learn? I mean, because I, I listened to you and A.J. Perzinski in the, uh, the ALDS <laughs> with the Astros and Rays, and I was fascinated because not everyone makes that transition in doing color – I, and, and I know from experience and just make it seem so seamless, like for you, like it was seamless. And, and the things that you'd bring up, the nuances, you know, from hitting to a catching standpoint to a pitching standpoint, what would you learn?
1: Well, the first thing you learn is how much you really miss it. You know, when you're in the grind every day, sometimes, you know, you forget how much you really just miss the schedule. And 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 being with a group of men that are all fighting for the same thing, um, I think you can take that for granted when you go through it every year because it's not taken away from you in a sense. So you realize how much you miss it. You know, over the two years, I, I saw the continued growth of the analytical research and how it's helping players in so many different ways. From not only performing and evaluate, but it also helps with injuries and, and so many different things. And in and, and reality. It's just helping, you know, an organization get the best out of their players and how it continues to grow and how organizations, it really, you know, do, you know, they dove into this and, you know, you have to be versed on it. And you have to understand it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit down with the R&D department here on Thursday at 3.30 and just go over a million things because hmm. I want to know what they got, yeah. you know, and I want to know their evaluation of, of everything. From, from players that played here last year to players that are coming and matchups and different things that, that they have. So, to me, that's always been a curiosity for me because I've always enjoyed the, the numbers aspects of the game because uh, math was my favorite subject. Um, and I come from a math oriented family. So, it's always been really interesting to me. And you just realize how important it is to our game. And I try to stay as versed. You know, with it as much as possible by talking to friends that were still involved in the game, because I don't have all the data necessarily that other people are getting, but I tried to really stay up on it. And I'm really curious.
0: Yeah, I'm fascinated too, because math was my thing. I was a finance guy and everything in college and major and uh, loved everything about the number aspect of it. And yes, analytics is a bad word in, in so many people's minds, but it's information. And it's just how you use that information, and and for me, uh, for a guy that like yourself, you know, from the Marlins to uh, you know managing for the New York Yankees, like analytics were in your mind and in your gut at the same time. They're going, you know, both. Maybe you just didn't have the 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 uh, department behind you, you know, throwing those numbers at you. I mean, it, it, it's it's got to be nice to feel like you could prepare, but there's someone else on the on the backside that has that that you know that number ready for you.
1: Well a lot of times it's backing up what you see with your eyes and helping you make sense of things that you see with your eyes. A lot of times it's also great in evaluating players. I mean, I look at what Tampa did and they're very analytically driven. They found perfect spots for their relievers and they found guys that were not thought so highly in, in other organizations and made them stars and almost knocked off the Houston Astros. I mean, they were one game away from knocking off the Houston Astros. So, and I look at we've been using numbers for a long time, I mean a long, long time, and and obviously it's grown leaps and bounds. But we used to, I used to tell people we used to call it probability mm-hmm. or the chances of something happening, right? So I mean, it's not like we haven't used this for a long time, but they're able to put a number to so many different things now that help us, and it, it continues to help grow the game.
0: Yeah, I the probability of me popping up a fastball down the middle of the plate. Pretty high, you know? It's one of yeah. those things. I mean, it's just going to happen. Or me swinging at a breaking <laughs> ball in the dirt. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. No, you know what's amazing is, like, I, I look at all the teams that you played on and, and like, the great – I mean, the, all the damn Hall of Famers. One that shouldn't – you know, that that rarely swung at a ball in dirt or missed a fastball down the middle, Larry Walker, should be in there. Another Canadian Hall of Famer right there. But, I mean, you have played with so – Many guys, you you managed so many great players. Now you come to you know the Phillies, and you have a couple guys that are on. You know, Bryce is bound for greatness. JT Realmuto, we're just seeing. Like I, I, really feel like we're just seeing the start of the the true stardom of him. I mean, and and Reese and 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 others. But Aaron Nola, what is your view with, with seeing these guys? Well, I'm
1: excited because. I did, I don't know, maybe five or six Phillies games, I think, this year. And, and there's a ton of talent. You know, when I look at the Philadelphia Phillies, injuries played a played a key role in the, in this club this year. I mean, you lost probably six or seven of your original bullpen pieces. You, you know, you lost your leadoff hitter in the beginning of the year. The first month, this mm-hmm. team was rolling, and then the injuries started to set in. And, it, and it's hard to sometimes manage that. Sometimes you don't have enough young players who are really ready to step up. You know, I went through that in New York, and then all of a sudden there was a plethora of, of young players that when the older guys went down, you, you know, and those was the years 2017 that we could handle. But, I mean, there's a lot of talent in this room. And, I, and I'm looking forward to getting to know these these men and helping them realize their potential. I mean, I really believe that that's my job is is to get the most out of them And I really look forward to that challenge and I'm excited about next year.
0: All right. So since we only have a few more minutes, uh, we do waffle or not. Okay. This is called waffle or not. And uh, it's kind of fun, but you're a real breakfast guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. That's why I was trying to get it. But there's two things. First of all, you were the manager for the Marlins when Mike Matheny and and I was a teammate of him played his last game. So that's how we go that far back. I didn't know if you knew that. Um, at Marl at, uh, what is it? Dolphin stadium, Joe Robbie stadium at the time. And then if you can remember the guy, he was, you had Brett Gardner. He was hitting ninth a day against the angels in 2010. I th- believe he got thrown out of the game on the second pitch, which is made it get Oh two. Go figure Brett Gardner going off on someone, but you had a guy come in pinch hit Oh two and hit a three run home run. Do you remember who that was? Wow. Do you know how many foul tips I had? Hey, hey! I gotta ask the question. I gotta ask the question because he hit you
1: know, a pinch hit
0: and hit in 2010. Well, and I, the only reason why is because he's the, I believe, the first one ever to do it in an 0-2 count and hit a homer. Milky Cabrera, Colin Curtis, Colin Curtis. And I, wow, I was playing a- third that day, and I'm like, oh my god, this really happened. Like, it was the same. That was the same moment that I, I went up to a Rod at third base, and and Rob Thompson was the third base coach, and I was like, hey, what's up, man? And he's like didn't say a word to me. I was like, oh. Chopper oh, gave you the straight face. No, didn't no, no. Arod did. Oh, A Rod yeah, did. Yeah. Yeah. It that was That's a it a was pitch. it was funny day. It was a funny day. I mean, come on, a yeah. pinch hit O2 Homer. All right. That's pretty special. Let, let's get to the, the nuts and bolts of this. Waffler or not, you gotta tell me if you uh if you own this guy or not. Randy Johnson.
1: Uh no, I was like one for eleven. And and here's the funny thing, right? The hit that I got off of him yeah. was a high chopper over his head <laughs> at Wrigley Field.
0: It's gotta be high to get over his head. Yes. Yeah, one, nine K's, nine Ks. Oh yeah, it was not pretty. Jose de Leon.
1: Ooh, golly. I wanna say I hit him because he had a curveball and, and I hit curveballs better than sliders.
0: Three for twenty three. Not too Ks. good. Okay. No. Now we're getting into Do you have anyone I hit? Yep. Oh yeah. I just had to do those two because I like it just gotta butter you up a little bit and then you go to the big ones. Mike Musina. No idea. Uh, I'm going to say four for 20. Nah, six for 19, double homer. Yeah, and you got an 842 OPS against him. So you waffled him. You got you wow. got him. All Steve right. Avery? Uh, no idea. Six for 17, 353. That is waffling. But my yeah. favorite one because he was in, uh, you know, I grew up watching him. John Burkett, former Giant, former bowler. I think I did okay off of Burkitt. Okay, so I I just need you to say I waffled him. I waffled him. Yeah, you did. 13 for 38, four doubles, one triple. My favorite part, 12 RBIs.
1: Uh, 12 RBIs? Yeah, that's ownage. That was
0: like a season for me. Yeah, that's ownage right there. Wow. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah, no. But thank you for coming on and doing Waffle or Not with me on uh, Pie Tar for Breakfast, Joe. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I I think you could probably find a lot of guys that it was or not.
0: No, no, no. It was it was uh it was pretty good. There's more names on this whole thing. I could have kept on going with you for the ones that you waffled, but I wanted to get the main three because I like Steve yeah. Avery because I watched him you know on TBS when he was with the Braves. Bur- Burke, it was a Giant. Mike Messina, Hall of Famer. You're bad. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, I I know you got to go, so I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I can't wait to catch up during spring.
1: Kevin, have a great day, and I look forward to it. All right, it. man. Thanks.
0: Bye. That's Joe Girardi, your Philadelphia Phillies manager, and absolutely phenomenal conversation. It is one that I will cherish. Because I believe he's the first manager, current manager, because we got already got, I think, Charlie Manuel on here. Why, why not? But for me, Joe Girardi, great choice for the Philadelphia Phillies franchise. To John Middleton, Matt Clentak, Ned Rice, and everyone, congratulations. You got yourselves a great human being first. And then we have game seven tonight. Nats Astros, Max Scherzer, Zach Granke, just how you drew it up. And for me, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity for Major League Baseball. Last night was an absolute grind of a game. We saw Steven Strasburg yet again get to 5-0 in the postseason. And who knows, maybe D.C. has their first one. If not, that means Houston's got their second. Until then, enjoy your day, folks. I'll see you guys later. Peace. Kevin French is out of here.